0: And yeah, Ball in the air, deep right center go. field. Two run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers. He'll watch it go out. Shot nasty. Two run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives it high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look. You won't see it for long. I don't Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR20 because when you do, well, you get 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host Drew Creesman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me today is our manager of social media and one of the biggest baseball fans we know, Michaela Perkins. Patrick Lyons off for the day. Mac, good to see you. How are you feeling?
1: I'm feeling good. It was an interesting week. I'm a little bummed out by the Hall of Fame, but you know, I'm I'm still hanging in there. I'm doing good.
0: Well, I know you have some strong feelings about that. We did. We've technically wrapped up Hall of Fame week, but I I can't not get your takes on that. We were there uh, talking with Thomas Harding and Drew Goodman over the last couple of days, and I could see in the comments uh, you were not short on opinions. So why don't you, you share a couple with us after, like you said, nobody inducted into the Hall of Fame the other day.
1: Yeah, I mean, what can be more 2020 than nobody getting inducted into the Hall of Fame? I mean, it's kind of appropriate for the year, I guess, but it's still really disappointing. And I'm also majorly disappointed by the fact that 14 people left their ballots blank. I think that uh, it's just kind of a slap in the face of baseball. I don't think the ballot was deserving of not voting for anyone. There were candidates on the ballot that I think should have gotten the vote, Um, Barry Bonds being one of those candidates, uh, Barry Bonds, in my opinion, absolutely deserves to go into the Baseball Hall of Fame. So, you know, it was just really disappointing to see that 14 people decided not to vote. Um, You know, if I was one of those voters, I never would leave a ballot blank, unless in extreme circumstances. But I don't ever think there's an instance where leaving a ballot blank is okay, in my personal opinion. So it's just disappointing that not anyone will be inducted into the Hall of Fame. And uh, I guess it's just 2020 wrapped up in a year.
0: Totally right. And like, and I'm with you. Like, I just can't imagine. I even said uh, I think something on Twitter to the effect of like, even if you have the strictest rules about all the steroid stuff or you know the morality clauses, wherever you're at, there are still five or six legitimate Hall of Famers on this ballot. Whether you're looking at Todd Helton, Scott Rowland, I think Andrew Jones is a Hall of Famer. So yeah, it, it it's frustrating there where, where they come out and all these people almost kind of nose in the air, like no one's worthy. It kind of feels that way.
1: Yeah, definitely. Very snobbish. And I don't know. I just think that they uh, took for granted the privilege that they have getting to vote for candidates for the Hall of Fame. And it's just unfortunate, in my opinion, to see. But, you know, I'm not part of the Baseball Writers Association. So what do I know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I it's weird enough to say, but I am. And I think it's pretty strange that, you know, I, I thought Thomas Harding made an interesting argument about hey you've you've earned the right you know they've written about baseball long enough they've earned their vote and so i guess that means they've earned the right to not vote uh but but i'm with you the 14 empty ballots like that that bothers me more than the people who say the, the one ballot that was just for jeff kent which i'm like what he's like the ninth best player on the ballot but still i'd rather you vote for just jeff kent than nobody at all that yeah. i'm with you there mac i didn't i, didn't, I don't like that uh, for sure <laughs> So then we can move now into more current events and, and back into the topic everyone wants to know about. Let's start you off with this one. Henry wants to know from both of us. I'll, I'll throw this one to you first. How are you feeling just from your perspective? What are the odds Nolan Arenado finishes his career with the Rockies?
1: Um, That's a tough one for a couple of reasons. I think there's a lot of factors that ultimately play into that decision on both sides, both the Rockies and Nolan's side. Um, that a lot of those factors are still yet to be seen Um, you know I think it goes without being said that baseball players want to be on a team that can win and right now I don't think the Rockies are a team that can win I don't think they have the current roster or the farm system that sets them up for success in the short term or the long term and I think Nolan recognizes that and I think he's getting frustrated and I think the way that the front office has handled nolan's contract and the trade rumors and this that and the other um kind of lend an excuse for nolan to be upset with the rockies i would be upset if i was in nolan's shoes too i mean he just signed a huge contract extension last season and then the season after that they're already in in talks about trading him or whatever to the cardinals and it's just i would be frustrated as well and i think you know he's starting to feel a little bit um undervalued and underappreciated. So there's just a lot of factors that go into that. And I don't think that the current front office really is, I'm trying to put this in a way that's
0: nice. (laughs) You don't have have to do that here. I have to do that sometimes. You don't have to do that here. (laughs)
1: um, I don't think the front office, the way that it uh, is set up right now is going to be in favor of the Rockies winning anytime soon. And so, you know, I don't think if changes are made, that Nolan is going to want to stick around and finish his career on a team that doesn't have any future success in its future. So, you know, I'm not too confident about Nolan finishing his career with the Rockies in terms of him leaving this season or the season after, you know, I don't really know um, if that's a high possibility. I think he'll still be on the Rockies this coming season and possibly the season after that. But you know, in and, and long term, I don't think he I don't think he finishes out his contract if changes aren't made. You know, if the Rockies can pull it together and like they can see the wrongs that they currently have in their system and kind of make those adjustments, then I think maybe there's a chance. But I think the Rockies really need to look in the mirror and reevaluate and make some tough choices in their front office if they want to have a winning team, which they don't right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that pretty much right in the middle of the target of, of where the Rockies fan base is feeling right now. And, you know, I've I've made the arguments that I, I, I do think that the roster is a little bit better. I think the farm system is a little bit better than it's being made out to be. But I, I ultimately agree with your final conclusion there that if some big changes aren't made, Nolan Arenado will not finish his career as a member of the Colorado Rockies. Now, I will say this. I have become more and more convinced if you're looking for the good news, if you want him to stay, that is, that at the very least, and I've said this before, but I've said, I I really don't think it's likely he takes that opt-out. I am now of the opinion that I think there is a 95% chance that he does not take that opt-out. And just the more research that I do this is just not something that's done. Uh, we were having this conversation today in uh, our DNVR staff Slack room, and I was asking people from all the other sports. Let's think of some athletes who, in the middle of their prime, turned down anywhere from five to eight million dollars more a year to go play for a contender, and that worked out for them. And we haven't come up with any. The closest we could come up with was like the the big three in the NBA who did that together, and it's like that's sort of a different thing. It's just it's not done and so the two parties are stuck with each other till they either trade him or do what Michaela said and that's you know whether it's firing the GM or making moves that bring in other players that make him go okay I feel better about where we're at now because if they just continue to trudge along I don't think he takes the opt-out but he stays and he's miserable is that better
1: I wouldn't want to play with a miserable Nolan I don't know about you but
0: yeah, um, it's always better
1: when the, <laughs> when the team morale is high and the best player on your team is happy. So it's a rough it's a rough situation.
0: It, it, it really is. So, you know, and, and I think I've asked you this before, and maybe there's been some movement here or not. If it turns out that maybe the best thing to trade Nolan Arenado, maybe that's the best way to go about it. Do you feel like, okay, that's it? Like, it's just so many people are going to be done with the Rockies. Like, I can't even watch this. How long of a turnaround would it take? How good would they have to get how quickly for that type of move to be okay?
1: Oh, man, that's going to be a tough sell. I mean, in in my opinion, Nolan is the best third baseman in baseball, hands down, bar none. And the Rockies, you know, got really lucky that they were able to snag Nolan and they have him on the roster. And I think you know, a lot of Rockies fans, including myself, see the only path to success with Nolan being a part of it. And so if the Rockies came to the decision that the best way to become a winning team is to trade Nolan and to get a bunch of assets in return to build a team for the future, I think Rockies fans (laughs) are going to be in an uproar. I think it's going to be a very, very hard sell to try to convince Rockies fans that that was the best move. And you know i was a part of something like that when i worked for the diamondbacks the diamondbacks traded paul goldschmidt to the st louis cardinals and oh. it was <laughs> disastrous i mean the the mm-hmm. diamondbacks fan base was in an uproar they were so upset because they didn't see the return that they got for goldschmidt as worth losing their franchise player because that's what they thought goldschmidt as they viewed goldie as their be all end all their franchise player and yeah. you know the payoff for Goldie is still yet to be seen. The Diamondbacks haven't made the playoffs since they've traded Goldie. Um, so it's been a rough, you know, a rough couple of years. And um, I think the Diamondbacks fans still haven't really forgiven Mike Hazen for that decision. And so, you know, if you take that and you apply it to the Rocky situation where you have someone like Nolan and you're trading Nolan, I think it's going to be tenfold because as great as Goldie is, I think Nolan obviously is a little bit better in terms of, defensive and offensive production so when you take a player like that and you try to convince your fan base that trading him is the best option to win and you have the best third third baseman in baseball on your team like that's gonna be the hardest sell ever and I don't think Rockies fans are gonna be happy about it at all
0: does that equation change if he publicly demands a trade let's take the opt-out out out. let's see because you actually said and I I think you're 100% right about this I think people are much more worried about the immediacy. And and you said it correctly, I think, a minute ago that we'll go past the opt-out. He'll be here this next year and probably the year after. But if this team is still stuck in the mud, that's when he's going to say, trade me while I've got good baseball left in me so I can go somewhere else. That's, I think, the most likely scenario for Nolan leaving. But I also think the only way these guys trade him, because they're afraid of exactly what you just said, the fan uproar, they'd rather him actually opt out because then it's his fault. He decided to leave, right? right? Then it's not on them. If he publicly demands a trade, does that change how you or or how you think people would view something like that?
1: I mean, it's hard because, you know, I have worked in the front office for baseball, so I've kind of seen the logistics that go into decisions like that. Obviously not firsthand. I wasn't in the general manager's room when they decided to trade Goldschmidt, but you know, I've been a part of a front office when a big decision like that has been made.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, this is a nice remote. Yeah. Um. So you know, I think that's so. I think that's so hard because you know, I my opinion of it is that if two years from now the Rockies are still in the same position that they're in, they haven't made the playoffs, they're not consistent, they haven't made any big moves or big adjustments to fix the team that they have, and no one gets to his wit's end and he's like, "Look, I." I can't do this anymore. Like I need to be on a team where I can be successful and I can win. I don't think I could blame him because I understand that part of it. And the athletes desire to be a part of a team that can win. And I totally get that. I mean, these guys are ultimate competitors. They have been competing in this sport since they were little, since T-ball all the way up to the pros. And, you know, they want to win. That's what they've been born to do. That's what they've been training to do their whole life. So if no one wanted to trade, I'd, I can't blame him for that. For other Rocky fans, you know, I can't speak for, obviously, I would totally understand if they were upset at Nolan and, you know, maybe it would make it easier on them if Nolan was the one asking for a trade and they could, you know, start to let go a little bit at that point and understand like, okay, if he wants out, then like, let's get something in return and like, let's try to build something that we can win with. So I think it's hard. It's so hard. It's a hard situation.
0: It really is. And I think that, you know, that's one of the reasons why it's worth diving into, even though we've obviously talked about it before, but it evolved and changes. Day. And, you know, mile high maniac, I, I want to f- bump back on this just a little bit, because I, I see a lot of people making it about this. Does Nolan value money more than winning or, or happiness? And, you know, I, I think it would be nice if it was that simple. And I think that's why a lot of people have convinced themselves he's gone. You he don't want to be here. He cares more about winning than he cares about money. And he does but it's not that simple. And unfortunately, you know, if Nolan decides to take $5 million less a year, let's say that that's probably the best contract he could possibly get if he opted out to get $30 million a year instead of $35 million a year. Well, that's $20 million less that he's making. And every player in the union is going to be really upset with him. And it's coming right in the middle of a new collective bargaining agreement. So the idea that the equation is as simple. It's not just Nolan's money. If he decides to take less money, he is conceding the owner's central argument, which is that they don't have to pay these ball players that much. And while Nolan can maybe afford to take a five million dollar year pay cut, most of these guys can't. Uh, and and so that's why you know we like to think it's just as simple as oh well he, he just if he values winning over money then he's gone and it's um, it's far more complicated than that. So we'll see. But all right, this is another interesting question from Ryan jumping into the conversation late. Do you think Nolan has enough pull to force a change at GM? This is another question I've really been wondering, Mac, because my and I I really don't know the answer to this. And I, I've been down there a lot. Again, I've been in the rooms. I've been in the rooms next to the rooms. Uh, I've been walking out of the clubhouse as Jeff Breidich has been approaching Nolan Arenado's locker, you know, and I, I, I see... Some of the dynamics down there. And I believe that if Nolan Arenado walked into Dick Monfort's office and said, it's him or get rid of him, publicly demanding a trade, Brightich would be gone. And the fact that that hasn't happened is maybe one of the little things inside of me that gives me a little bit of hope that this organization, that these two guys or whatever, can turn it around because. They've fired GMs before. Breitich hasn't been around that long. So what, what do you think here, Mac? Is that, is that, am I too pie in the sky on this? Have I been drinking too much of my Breck brew here? I've been doing Archer <clears throat> specials today. Got a little Strawberry Sky, a little Hot Peak IPA. Make sure to get your Breck brew down at King Supers, your local liquor store. But um, what do you think? If you think if it came down to Nolan or Jeff Breitich, Dick Monfort would really choose Jeff Breitich?
1: Oh God, that's so tough. Um, Nobody
0: knows the, answer. I should say, no one knows (laughs) the answer to this question. So I'm just telling, I'm just asking you what your gut says.
1: I feel like if that was the case, and this might be a hot take, I feel like if that was the case, Bright would have already been gone because like you said, their relationship has been deteriorating for two years now. And so I think, you know dick obviously is aware of that and he is aware that no one is unhappy <laughs>
0: right and i'm sure he we is hope.
1: also aware that rocky's fans are unhappy due to the copious amount of emails i see posted on twitter
0: he seems to rocky's be getting fans. the emails yeah he appears to be yeah
1: so, you know i think everyone is pretty much aware that no one is happy. Rockies fans aren't happy. No one's not happy. I'm sure Breitich is not happy getting all of the fallout and all of the hate and Dick is not happy when you all email him asking about what the heck is going on.
0: So- Everyone's unhappy.
1: (laughs) In my opinion, I feel like if that was the case, Breitich would be gone already because anyone in the world with eyeballs can see that Nolan is not happy. And the best player on your team not being happy does not equate well for anyone so i don't know i don't think like maybe i'm wrong and obviously i'm not you know p- privy to these conversations but if Nolan walks in there and says it's him or me i would hope that he would pick nolan i mean I I like i hope <laughs> I, I hope that would be an easy decision but i don't know because i feel like it would have already happened i mean am i wrong about that i just feel like he was he should be gone by now
0: so here's here's why, and again, I don't have specific information about these exact conversations. I have specific information about other conversations between these people and and tertiary things. And I know that Nolan has at other times in his career gotten very upset with people inside the Rockies organization who he is no longer upset with. I think that's the safest way for me to Say that I've said on this podcast several times, and you all see it out there on the field. I'm not. This isn't you know (laughs) mind blowing, but he's an emotional guy. I mean, he really does. He wears his emotion on his sleeves. He he cares about winning. Remember a couple of years ago, uh, was it at 17 or or 16 when uh, it was the pitch? I think it was Jordan Lyles. They're in San Diego, and he gave up a two run home run with two outs and stuff was going on, and he just started screaming in his face and just tore him down. And then the Rockies went on like a 15 and two run after that. Like he, he gets, he gets into it. And, but he also gets over it. And so there's a level like he'll get emotional and he'll get in a guy's face and he'll say, why'd you throw this pitch? Why'd you do that thing? You got to be better, but he won't tear that guy down right? There's a level. So part of me wonders if Nolan has gone, his level was publicly saying, I feel disrespected. And that was as far as he was willing to go. I don't get the sense that he's ever gone into Dick Monfort's office and legitimately said, you know, I I can't do it with this guy. I really can't. And, and so again, I, I can't say that he had, but part of me go thinks he doesn't want that responsibility and that he gets frustrated and angry but he's not going to call for somebody's job. And, and that could be, you know, kind of their undoing is neither guy necessarily be willing to stand up and say, I just can't do it with him here or him there. But, um, yeah, it's uh, either either they repair the relation or one of them goes. And the idea that the owner could even consider keeping the basement of all time is just absurd.
1: Well, I just think that, and the only reason that I have trepidation about that whole setup is because I think Dick has gotten exactly what he wants in a general manager. Brightich is in his back pocket. Whatever Dick says, Brightich is like, all right, let's do it. Like, whatever. I'm not going to challenge you. Like, it's just, in my opinion, I think Brightich is the G- the GM that Dick wants because Breitich is like okay, I'm game for whatever you say, type of thing. I could be wrong about that, but that's just from an outsider looking in perspective. I mean, you know, when Dick sent that email to season ticket holders saying don't expect anything from this off season, it's not like Breitich was up in arms in the media saying no, we need to compete, we need to go find players, we need to build this roster. Like it was a hard economic season for us, but we can still make th- we can still make something work. You know, he didn't he didn't go against anything that that Dick said, and I feel like that kind of leads into their relationship of being you know, Brightech is in Dick's front pocket and back pocket. I could be wrong about that, but I feel like that's where I get concerned about that relationship because I feel like Brightech is the general manager that Dick wants. And also too, another point is, you know, Nolan is very expressive about his feelings. He's a natural born competitor, but I'm scared. And what I think everyone should be worried about is that he gets pushed to the point where he goes in the opposite direction and he just doesn't care anymore. And he's like, whatever, I'm just going to show up to the field. I'm going to get my money. If we win, if we lose, I don't really care. At this point, like, I'm just here to collect money. And I i don't think it'll get to that point because I don't think no one can ever give up that competitive nature. Yeah, I think but you have a hard a, time
0: flipping it. It's a switch, scary thought,
1: yeah. you know? Like, what yeah. happens if he's just like, I, it's whatever, I just don't care anymore? Like, or what if he just decides, like, you know, it's just, beyond my control and I'm just gonna do my job until they decide to do something with me. And I, it's just all scary to think about. And it's all scary because, you know, you just don't, I just don't have confidence in the front office to handle that situation in any capacity.
0: <laughs> right, and, and I think that's where, where people are at. And, you know, and, I, and I've tried to say one of the saving graces there may be that, I think there's a lot about Jeff Breiters really that we just don't know. And, and I know a lot of people like are, are ready to feel like they know everything that there is to know about Jeff Bridges, but he's only been a GM for like five years. He has been with the Rockies for a very, very long time. To your point about, you know, the comfort level, I think that, that Monfort has with him. And it's just like, and and that can be problematic, but you know, I don't think we necessarily know everything he's going to do and be as a GM. um, But the, the financial restrictions, yeah. Like that email that that doesn't help anybody at all. Right. Just coming out and saying, well, we're not, we're not going to sign anyone. We're not going to try. just makes all the negative feelings you know that much worse I do think there's a potentiality where the team competes around Trevor Story and not Nolan Arenado and I, I do think that you know that's maybe more realistic than some fans want to believe it because Nolan is such an important part of the team but it's a hard sell like you said it's and and Mile High Maniac pointing out that the flip side of you know the conversation about what has been said between all these parties is no one's come out and said hey all that stuff's in the past we're all over that there hasn't there hasn't been any kind of clarifying remarks since the big blow up right before last spring training every time we tried to ask him about it during the season from both sides I will say was that's been addressed I don't want to talk about it anymore Mm -hmm. it's like guys it hasn't really been addressed then you played an entire season of baseball granted a silly one but (laughs) but a season nonetheless (laughs) things happen now we're in an off season and the question is okay have the, there been no conversations between the gm and or the owner and the star player given everything that's gone on zero that's somebody's fault
1: yeah and that's a disgrace if that that's happening because yeah you know it's it goes down to the culture of your team like do you really want you know someone that you supposedly value and that is playing for you to be unhappy with you. And then, you know, vice versa, you to harbor, like, ill feelings towards the person who ultimately is signing your paycheck. Like, you know, it's it's all about your culture. And if you have a negative culture, no one can succeed because everyone is more worried about, you know, the, the environment that they're gonna be playing baseball in instead of the things that matter. And I think that is really concerning and everyone should be concerned about that. Like either bury the hatchet, apologize and move on, or you need to figure something out because, if you guys are just doing this weird, like skating on ice around each other, like walking on eggshells, that's no, that's no fun for anyone. Like, I'm sure that's a miserable situation.
0: I, I, I can't even imagine. I was just thinking about, you know, I don't, I don't talk to Brandon Spano every day. I probably sometimes go weeks without any kind of direct thing. You know, he sent me a text the other day because RK was playing in the Madden Super Bowl on our gaming channel. Just like, dude, come check out, come hang out with us. We're playing games. Like you talk to each other occasionally, not even about, your contractor or your your the state of the business or or the content that i'm producing on dnvr rocky side just dude we're doing a thing come hang out like this is <laughs> the owner of the like how oh, you like you just said it's a culture and the the culture is just rotten down there right now and it really sucks <laughs> said the guy who's normally bringing all the positivity to the conversation. <laughs> so There you go. I turned you sure. to the dark
1: side. I'm sorry. I'm
0: I sorry. know, right? I'm
1: just a hated Rocky fan. What can I say? Yeah. I blend in with the rest of them.
0: <laughs> uh, well, you know what makes me feel better is eating a little bit of wagyu beef from our friends over at Hassel Cattle Company. Pairs very nicely with my RK special from Breck Brew. I'll tell you what though, folks. I'm I'm not even joking. I am I'm not going to the grocery store to buy beef ever again. I'm just going to be ordering from Hass. Company, dot com use promo code dnbr 10 you'll get 10 off if you order over 200 bucks they'll hook you up with free shipping highly recommend you check out the bacon it is life changing if you are a bacon eater uh if you're more into the the ground chuck ground beef also highly recommend had some chili with that the other night the denver steaks are fantastic and it's got the name denver right there in it so you got to be Excited about that. Whether you're budget shopping or you want the really, really nice stuff, they'll hook you up. And the best thing about it for me is that, first of all, hormone free, you don't get any of that junk putting into your body. I've got these free range animals taking care of it. It's better for the animals, better for the environment, better for your body and better for your wallet. So head on down to hasslecowcompany.com, put in an order. Don't forget to use that promo code DNVR10 to save 10% off. And I'm telling you, this is straight up direct challenge. Anybody out there that listens, order something from them, whatever your, your beef of preference is. Hit me up and tell me that it wasn't delicious, worth every single penny, that it wasn't something that you're going to do again. Just straight challenge. Legitimately try to do that. I haven't heard a single person yet do it. It's, it's great stuff. So, Michaela, have you had your, uh, your hassle package delivered yet?
1: Not yet. I am hoping to get an order in soon because I am running out of my groceries. So <laughs>
0: I'll tell you what life changing stuff and check on the deals too. They'll start like throwing stuff at you. Cause I like put a couple of things of bacon in there. They're like, would you like a pound of ground chuck for three 99? I was like, yes, I would. <laughs> How'd you know? So yeah, great stuff there. All right. A few other things that I did want to uh, get your take on here as far as uh, let's talk about some okay i got all the negative energy out there hopefully just talk about some of the positive things about the team or or at least i'll try to lead you down maybe you're not feeling positive about these things and we'll still feel still feel really bad where are you at on the kyle freeland phenomenon uh you know we we saw him was among the best pitchers in baseball in 2018 it was really bad in 2019 had to get sent down to the minors Comes back in 2020, very, very good numbers, but short sample size. And so we're left in this spot with this guy, you know, coming into this next season when he shows up at spring training. What do you expect out of Kyle Freeland?
1: You know, my expectations for him are high. Um, I think our sample size of Kyle hasn't been large enough to accurately judge his potential. You know, you kind of ran down... What his performance has been like for the past three seasons, um, I was extremely disappointed with his performance in 2019. It was hard for me to watch him get sent down to the minors, called back up. You know, I put a lot of stock into his potential on the team. Um, you know, 2020 it was a turn. It was a little bit of a turnaround. I have a hard time. Judging anyone off of 2020 because I think 60 season, 60 games in a season is just too small to really accurately judge anyone. Um, you know, it was good to see him kind of get his his groove back and kind of locate those pitches again and kind of get into his rhythm. But I think he needs to prove himself in this upcoming season, and I think he needs to show um, above anything else that he is reliable. You know, he might not be an ace pitcher, but he needs to be an arm that you can call on that, you know, is going to get you, that's going to put you in a good position to win games. And I think that above anything else, Kyle just needs, like I said, he just needs to be consistent and he needs to be reliable and he can't do what he did in 2019. And he has to just build on the momentum that he had in 2020 and carry that into 2021.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Can't have that for sure. Of those top four guys, because the fifth starter at this point is I don't know, maybe you. We'll find it's Ryan Castellani <laughs> is oh, gotcha. just we'll find out when we get the spring training. It's like a weird, yeah, like Castellani, like Peter Lambert's not ready. The fifth rotation spot, and Patrick and I have talked about it's just in a weird spot. Unless Castellani, and, and I do think he's got a chance to be that guy. But then even then, you've got five guys. So, but of the top four that we should all forget about, all the guys have, you know, plus career ERA pluses, who are, who are you most excited to watch pitch? Who are you carving out time on your schedule? And you see, you got Marquez on the mound, John Gray on the mound, Freeland, of course, and Antonio Senzatella having emerged. Who are you carving out time to watch?
1: I definitely think it's a toss-up between Marquez and Sensatella. Um, You know, I think um, it was really great to see Marquez, the performance he had in 2020, I just, I, it's hard for me to judge anyone on 2020, but um, I think it's definitely toss-up between Marquez and Sensatella. Um I'm a notorious John Gray disbeliever, doubter, whatever you want to say, Terrible. so it's kind of hard for me to <laughs> throw my Terrible. support behind that it's one. It's fine. Um, I call him the less talented Clayton Kershaw, so... <laughs> Rocky's fans are probably going to have my head on a pike, but it's just my opinion. I think there are worse not- things
0: to be called. I will say, it's like somebody calling me the less <laughs> handsome Brad Pitt. I'm like, I'll take that. Like, <laughs> like, is that a problem we're having?
1: <laughs> yeah, but I think um, I think Marquez and Santella have some good things um, in store. Um, I'm excited to see hopefully what they can bring to the table. Um, you know, Marquez is only 25, so um, I think he still has a lot of good years ahead of him. Um, he has a relatively nice ERA for pitching in Coors Field. So, um, you know, with a 4-2-4. Four, four, four. So um, I'm kind of excited to see, you know, if he can really develop as that ace that the Rockies really need him to be. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he can do in this upcoming season.
0: I keep expecting Marquez to take that next step. And and I, I really think he's he's, I know he's got it in there. It's just whether or not he... Mm-hmm. He finds it or not, but I'm with you. I think, yeah, I think that those are the guys to keep your eyes on for next year. All right. Same question, but of my group of what I call the lost boys. I got to get somebody on here with one of these. There's like eight guys in this group, and most people don't believe in any of them. But surely you've got one guy from the group of Brandon Rogers, Ryan McMahon, Ryan Tapia, Carlos Estevez, Jairo Diaz. Trying to remember that, that those are, those are kind of the big headline guys. Uh, Sam Hilliard or Garrett Hampson. You could be a, a big believer. in. is there any one of those guys where you go, you know what? Buying some GameStop stock in that guy.
1: I think. Uh, um,
0: <laughs> right. I, See, think is, <laughs> um,
1: I think the one with the most potential, in my opinion, is Ray Mount Tapia. Um, I think he had, I'm, I'm with you. I think, you know, um, 2020 did him a, a big favor. Um, you know, he did pretty well considering the circumstances. Um, and I think out of all of the lost boys, I think he has the most potential to really show up and show out. Um, I, I'm not too sure about anyone else on your lost boys list. Um, I don't have as much faith in them as you might, um I would be pleasantly surprised and honestly I would welcome me being incorrect about the rest of them. But um I think if anyone can benefit the Rockies roster and impact it the most, it would be Raymel. Um so I'm excited to see what he does as well. That's what
0: I'm talking about. If you can only pick one, that, that's at least the <laughs> one I was it's like, yes, score with that. Uh I will say Ryan McMahon's gonna be an all-star. That's fun. That's fun. <laughs> It's fine. I'll just keep saying it until it <laughs> happens, right? That's that's what you do. You just you just speak into it, into it exactly right. <laughs> totally, Jacob. All right, uh, Ham. Ham. You gotta love that. uh Not a star player, but I again, Hamson. There's there's potential in all those guys. But I feel you. And then the last part of the team is there anybody in the pen? Are you buying? the Daniel Bard hype. Are you excited about the return of Scott Oberg? Did Yancy Almonte impress you? And again, this 60 game sample size, or when you look out there at the bullpen, Mac, <laughs> is it like the beginning of major league? You're just looking at the, who are these effing guys?
1: Um, no, not exactly. I, I, for <laughs> sure was most inspired by Daniel Bard, his story. I don't know any baseball fan, how you couldn't be inspired by that story. Um, I think he put together a campaign that is solid enough to reason, you know, him potentially being the closer next season. Um, I really like his stuff and I love him as a human being. I think, you know, it's hard not to support someone like that. Um, And I am excited for Scott Oberg. You know, I think um, it was really unfortunate. you know, the injury that he had to battle. Um, And I think like there hasn't been enough time for him, for me to feel negative about him. I think, right. you know, he's still, yes. um, I think he does have a lot of potential and I'm excited to see how it comes back from that injury. Um, and actually, actually something you didn't mention that I'm kind of excited to see develop is Philip deal. I think, you know, he's still, um, he didn't get as, yeah, I didn't think he get, he, he didn't get as much, um, you know, chance of, to prove himself last season. Um, but I think that he still has a potential to be a reliable bullpen guy you know, maybe not, um, you know, a middle, a strong middle reliever, but someone that you can rely to get out of a pinch. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of excited about him too. I could be, I hope I'm not wrong, but you know, I think he definitely has like some that. potential to time.
0: <laughs> well, they're going to need a lefty. Cause I think we're looking at probably starting the year with an entirely right-handed bullpen unless he makes it. Um, but with the guy they picked up, uh, Sheffield, Mm -hmm. who they have to put on the 40-man roster, all the Rule 5 stuff. They'll lose them if they don't. They might have their eight guys. Uh, It'll be – see if I can do it real quick. It'll be Oberg, Bard, Givens, Almonte, Estevez, Diaz, Robert Stevenson, who they picked up in the Jeff Hoffman trade, and then Jordan Sheffield, if Mm -hmm. they need to keep him on the 40-man roster. That's your eight bullpen spots and so they'll have three lefties in philip deal and ben Bowden and lucas gilbreath hanging out waiting for you like, but yeah i love i love buying stock on philip deal i like that not a lot of people doing that that's
1: cool give me this dog so i'm ready
0: <laughs> i love it i love it um all right well i'll i'll come back to the the rockies for one last thing at the end i did want to get your thoughts on a couple of things just going around uh, in Major League Baseball, the Blue Jays are making a ton of moves. They're getting really fun, young mm-hmm. roster out there. And we were talking a little bit before we came on uh, uh, about whether or not you had a, a secondary team, an American League team. I feel like baseball is the sport where a lot of people do that. If you root for an NL team, you you pick an AL team, and your mm-hmm. AL team is
1: the angels. I love to torture myself. It's just great. I picked the best teams in
0: Major League Baseball to tier four. <laughs> it's just the American team that is the most like the Rockies you could have I know. possibly picked. Just
1: I know. I've always me, got some star
0: players. They get in the postseason once or twice a decade. They're constantly disappointing. This is amazing.
1: I know, trust me. And the the reasoning behind it is because the An- Angel Stadium was the first American League baseball park that I got to go to in person, um, so that was really special for me. And also um, the Angels Spring train in uh, Tempe, where I went to school, and I was able to do a lot of stuff with the Angels, um, working for them or working through through my school, uh, like for in the Angels locker room. I guess if that yeah. makes sense, um, doing some coverage of the team, and so um, I just got to be. Um, a third party observer to their team, I guess you could say. Um, And all those guys in that locker room were so great. Um, They were just upstanding gentlemen. And like that goes a long way for me because, you know, as a woman in sports, um, it can be really intimidating walking into any um, big league locker room. Um, And so it's more of a personal reason why I support the Angels. Obviously they're not successful. So it's not a winning reason, that's for sure. But um, they have a special place in my heart just for nostalgic reasons. So I like to torture myself and pick baseball teams that don't do very well, but you know, it adds character to my.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Totally. Like one day they'll play each other in the world series and that'll be an interesting phenomenon.
1: That'll be the day. But I mean, it's, it's hard for me not to cheer for them. Obviously like Mike Trout being on their roster is pretty cool. Um, I'll always catch an angels game if it doesn't conflict with the Rockies game. Um, So I don't know. It's just, I guess it's a silly nostalgic reason, but that's,
0: Isn't that kind of what sports are (laughs) is that kind of what we're doing here like yeah yeah i mean that that's a great one like i i had always rooted for the royals just because my family's from there when i was a little kid i think actually the first ball games i ever went to when i was very young because the colorado rockies did not quite yet exist uh was out there at kaufman stadium and all the you know the beautiful uh fountains and all that stuff. My understanding is that I have seen Bo Jackson play baseball live, but I was, you know, three or four years old, something like that. I was, I was so young, but you yeah. Go. So I've got a uh, plus in Kansas city, they've got the like Negro league museum right there across the street and the jazz museum, all that good stuff. So I tend to root for the Royals, obviously. Uh, it's been a rough go for them since winning the World Series. Yeah, I was going to say, you
1: can't make fun of me. I know. (laughs) The Royals does not bad.
0: (laughs) All they did was go like 20 consecutive seasons. I think they went from like the George Brett era, right? That ended basically when I was born, like 86, 88 is when George Brett's kind of finishing up his career. So the Royals were good then to 2015, (laughs) 2014, when they went to -to back-to-back and won it. And in between all that, they were just awful. And right now they're sadly awful again so i might have to those blue jays are fun man they got all the yeah, got the kids from all the guys from the 90s they got bichette jr vlad jr these guys running around doing cool stuff and then they just picked up who uh steven Matz. they made a couple other moves marcus, I mean, Simeon. They got
1: marcus yeah yep. it's blue gonna jays be fun to be watch fun. for sure and i love um Vladdy, Vladdy Jr. He's so fun to watch. The home run derby and all star game. Oh my gosh, I think I could watch that on repeat for yes. the next ten years. Like it was so cool to see um, Vladdy just dominate in that um, home run derby. And he's also lost a lot of weight and he's bulked up. He's a big boy, but like yeah. muscly big boy now. Yeah, he's not a chunky big boy. So <laughs> I'm excited to see how that affects his performance. But I'm happy for the Blue Jays. You know, they're a team that I can't. I have no reason to root against. I know right. I harbor no ill feeling for them, so um, I hope that they can put together a team that's exciting to watch. Because I feel like Canada needs a team that's exciting to watch after years and years and years and years and years of
0: you know, that. <laughs> yeah, of of not right. All right. So on that note, I did want to get us back on the Rockies to close this thing out with you, and just ask and well and and really, I'll I'll, I'll make it for the entire upcoming season. I assume. It'll be to some degree, Rocky centric, but I'll ask it this way. What are your hopes and dreams, Michaela? What do you wish for it? Maybe within the realm of possibility, maybe you're bending a little bit, but if 2021 could go a good way, even if it's not the Rockies winning, maybe this just means that the, neither the Yankees or the Dodgers win the world series, whatever it means to you, or, you know, what, what would be a great year in 2021 for the baseball season? Oh gosh. That's a loaded question, Drew.
1: Um, Uh, First and foremost, I would love to see us back out of place where it is safe for fans to return to games because not,